Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Alex Brandt, Bernard Rasmussen. You're next. Mary Haugen. <laughs> I think. Mary Haugen, yes. Larry D'Amico. Larry D'Amico. Oh. Andy Brandt, Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. I swear to God, Larry, I thought you just did the Pope thing. <laughs> did you see the video of that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> She's like, yeah. hey, I'm a kid again, going to Catholic Church. We'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band. It's their three newest dealerships. Experience the Walzer Way at Wyzetta Nissan on 394 or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the seven-county Mosquito Control District. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly Blue Book Excellent whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. Purple haze blows through my brain. We're just telling some stories off the air, which some can can be repeated and some cannot be repeated but mary and larry oh and mary and larry i like that kind of rhymey larry's just Poetic. staring at me he's just staring at me <laughs> how many years have i known P you pr pr yeah <laughs> pr is good well you got good pr anyway don't you most of the time you have the best <laughs> i did like, well, all we the, the best. time professionally we have the best pr well see there you go so in other words, you don't have to work that hard because they, there's nothing bad about working with Larry D'Amico. There is nothing bad about it. No question about it. It's absolutely true. And yeah, and you're right. I didn't, and that particular thing we were talking about, I didn't even start playing, much less didn't finish the round. So, you know, it's one of those deals. So what are you up to? Um, well, we just opened the uh, new clubhouse or the, the older clubhouse, but redid the clubhouse at Edinburgh. Uh, USA. The and you just course. opened it. It just opened in April. Excellent. Uh, we did it for the city of Brooklyn Park. The park board hired us. We did a remodel there. My brother designed it. It's absolutely gorgeous. 
we put in new menus and we're doing events there and we're pretty excited about it. What brother designed it? Richard. He doesn't even work anymore. How yeah, do you design it? He does? He does. He lives in Florida and he I works. Know, he lives, I, I have another brother. Work. I have another brother too. We never talk about his well, name is Archie. Archie? He's Where's Archie? Television. Where? LA. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What does he do? Set de- design. Set design? Yeah. That's cool. Does he like your food? Loves it. I'm in a huge, huge, I have a huge dilemma because my favorite lasagna in the world is D'Amico lasagna. I love it. I've been talking about this on the air all the time. But I got it sitting right here, and I'm not going <laughs> home afterward. So I have to send it with either Andy or Alex or somebody to, to put it in the refrigerator. God, it's... I've talked about this before. There, there is a D'Amico by my house, in, right in uh, Golden Valley, just off of, uh, what is that, Rhode Island? Uh, yeah, kind of right there. 55. 55, yeah, 55 in Rhode Island, pretty much. It's a great restaurant. Your people there are really, really good, too. They're great people. They really are. The thing about it, when you go there, you walk in there, they all have a smile on their face. I love that. I'm proud of that. Absolutely, and that's what it's like. Yeah, the last thing I want to do is walk in, I'm hungry, you know, you're crabby. It's like, eh, I don't think it's going to work for me, not, not necessarily anyway. So, Mary, how did you get stuck with, I mean, how did you end up with Larry? <laughs> it's a pleasure working with Larry. Um, you, can, just... you can bend that up just a little bit toward your oh, mouth. Here. There. Okay. There you go, perfect. Um, our agency, Repke PR, has been working with them for, geez, four years, five years? So, I've... Catherine's old friends, Catherine Repke, old friends with these guys, and just started working with them, and our whole team loves it. Yeah, I mean, this can't be, look, I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever been in one of your restaurants that I didn't enjoy immensely over the years. What was the first one that was down at the Butler Square? Cucina. D'Amico Cucina. D'Amico Cucina. What a great place. Yeah, it was was a great place. We loved it. And absolutely. You were there quite some time. 22 years. 22 years? And you closed how long ago? 10, 11. 32 10, 10. years ago I was going there. You know, it's crazy. The awning's still up there. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. No, one, no one else went in there. <laughs> well, they built the stadium, and they put that yeah. ramp to the yeah. stadium, so now the restaurant is actually subterranean. So, I mean, who wants to rent that? You know, something yeah, down I below suppose. grade. Yeah, I suppose. Well, is it true that Minnesotans will not go upstairs or downstairs to eat? Never heard that. Oh, you never heard it? Because I've been told, literally, well, that's, well, I was after Morton's closed. Yeah. Over at the gallery, was it the Galleria? Is that where they were? I wish you had told me that about 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, you probably should have. But in any case, no, it's, uh, well, that place was always packed when I was there. Morton's? No, 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 I'm talking about your place. Oh, Dimico yeah. Cucina. It was a great restaurant. It was. So why did you, why did you move? Because it, um, it was just down. Our lease was up, and, you know, they built the stadium, and we just didn't feel good with the yeah, being true. on the lower level down there. And you no longer could valet there. You could no longer oh, that's pull in right. front. I mean, there were a lot of moving parts to it, and we decided to move. So, uh, You know Dougie Becker. Oh, yeah. Tells one of the greatest stories about valet downtown Minneapolis. He pulls up in front of a place, uses valet, gives his car keys to a guy. The guy that wasn't a valet, he just left with his car. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a valet, he just stole his car. It's like I, only Dougie Becker would that happen to. I can't tell you how many times I've been somewhere, like on the golf course or somewhere, <laughs> playing with somebody, and and somebody will say, you don't remember me? And I said, I'll say no. And they say, I used to valet a Cucina. Oh, you know, there's a lot of people. Our oh, coffee of people. guy, our coffee guy. Vito, uh, 
he used to valet. We've been using him for 30 years now for all our coffee, and he used to valet at Cucina. That's wonderful. How many restaurants do you have now? Because you got some in Florida, too, right? About 15. 15? Do you really? That's about 15. I like he goes, about, that's about he loses 15. Count. Yeah. He loses count. No, but your food has been, I, we've talked about this many, many times. Minnesotans, for some, you guys were from Cleveland originally, aren't you? Yep. I thought so, yeah. Parents had a restaurant there. That's what I thought. 35 yeah. years. It was a great restaurant called D'Amico's Restaurant. It ended up being, because they remodeled it a few times, it was one of those restaurants where they wheel the carts around and make Caesar oh, salad yeah. Yeah, and sure. carve yep. Chateaubriand and make uh, crepe Suzettes and things like that. It was a mobile five-star restaurant, mobile travel guide, five-star Phenomenal. restaurant. It was great. Phenomenal. How, how many years was it open? 35. 35 years. God, so you guys come here. How did you end up in Minneapolis? My brother met a flight attendant. Oh, I remember that. I'm coming to think about it. Yeah, I do remember that. And they fell in love and got married, and he moved here. They tried to move back, but they weren't really happy going back, so okay. they came back here, and he started doing consulting work. And he got the contract at International Market Square to open that in oh, 1984. Right. Sure. And he said, hey, Larry, come on on. You need a chef. That was 35 years ago? Good. Actually, 30, yeah, 35. 35 years. Oh, my God. I hate Lion King came out 25 years ago. We're talking about the new one. It's open this week. 25 years ago. The time's flying. That's all I have to say. It just is. I have not seen Richard in a long time. How's he doing? Good. Real good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, he's a, he, he and I. It's funny because you and Richard are not a lot alike. You t- Richard keeps it pretty close to the vest. But at least he did around me. I don't know. Maybe he didn't trust me. <laughs> Might have been it. No comment. <laughs> Very funny, but yeah, I remember he used to be able to play some golf. You're a, you still you still chip one handed. Yes, that's phenomenal. Where did you learn that? And that's legal, right? You could do that, right? <laughs> I mean, you could chip with one hand, can't you? Can I tell a quick story? I'd love I'll to hear to your make story. It quick. So I'm in I'm in uh, L.A. Orange County, flying back, and I got upgraded to first class, and uh, I sit down, and I'm sitting next to this gentleman with. A sh- uh, short gray hair, and the flight attendant comes up and says, Mr. D'Amico, you, will you be having dinner with us tonight? And I said, yes. So she goes back to get me a beverage, and the guy next to me looks at me and says, do you chip one-handed? He knew you? He said, are you Larry D'Amico? Oh, there you go. <laughs> there it is. World-renowned, chipping with one hand. He was a member at Edina. Oh, he was? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I tell you what, the... the I've known, well, I met Richard there, then I met you after I'd met Richard there. And that golf course, Golden Valley, is one of the greatest layouts ever. They're going to have to do something with the grass because every year they have to deal with But they have at Oak Ridge and Minneapolis and all the rest of them. But that layout of Golden Valley is one of the best layouts of any golf course There's I've ever There's no played. two holes alike. Nope. That's, it's amazing. You're, the, you're right. The, the piece of land itself is spectacular. It is. You're absolutely right it is. And it's got its own little foibles. Like you, on uh, number six, you got to be careful not to hit the wire going across the box. But I, I think I hit that once in the 30 years I've been there. I hit it a couple times. Even a couple times, too. It does piss you off because you have to hit the ball pretty well to hit that wire. Sometimes it helps you. <laughs> once in a while, just kick it forward. No. His <laughs> shot's going right. Oh, well, that's true. Yes, that's true. It will, it will, yeah, and then you get just to re-hit, so that's cool. But, no, it's it's a lot of fun. That is that is so great. that it, God, I didn't realize I've known you guys for that long. That's amazing. That is wonderful Late stuff. 80s, right? I mean. Yeah. 
Absolutely. God, I, I mean, I didn't belong to Golden Valley then, but Richard no, did. Richard did, yes. That's why, that's why I met you after, Richard, because he was a member there, and then I met you after. Where were you before? I didn't belong oh, to play no, at all? I played the public route. Oh, you did? Like Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, i got to tell you an Edinburgh story. You'll love this, right? So Jesse calls Scott Studwell and me and said, will you come out? Uh, I'm having a, a having a fundraiser out at, uh, at Edinburgh Golf Course, and you and Scott Studwell, if you would come out and you could co-host it. And I said, yeah, absolutely, no problem. That was back when I used to get along with, with Jesse. <laughs> and Scott Studwell, I adore that man. Scott Studwell is one of the greatest guys ever born. Semi-good athlete, too. I don't know <laughs> but, but um, God, now I lost track of my thoughts. Oh, so yes. So he said, okay, we're going to have the fundraiser. And I go out there, and Scott goes out there, and we're talking about, you need to elect this guy, the mayor of, uh, of Brooklyn Park. He's a great guy. I've known him for years. And Scott Studwell saying the same, oh, Jesse's a wonderful guy and all that. So, he, okay, now it's time uh, to ask a few questions of your, your next mayor, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> and Jesse walks to the mic, and a guy up front says, yeah, I've got a question, Jesse. What do you think of uh, Edinburgh, this whole development? And Jesse says, and I quote, we should have never bought it. <laughs> I said, I just endorsed a guy that says bought. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. no and I looked at Studwell and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But, yeah, that's a, that's a hell. How did you get involved in, in Edinburgh? Do you know the story? You don't know the no, story? No, I don't know the story. Uh, when it was originally built... In 1987, the course, you know, it's a Robert Trent Jones yeah, Jr. Yep. course. So it's, it's, great it's got course. great pedigree. Yep. And they built the clubhouse. A, a man that was um, a member at Edina built it. It was private. He built it himself for $6 million. Jesus. So it was a public course with a private clubhouse. We ran it. We helped design it back in 87. It didn't work out, and he didn't make it, so we were gone and the city took it over. He sold it to the city. And the city took it over. And uh, they ran it themselves for a while. And then they brought somebody else in. And then this last year, they contacted us and said, hey, we'd like you guys to come back. We said that was 30 years ago. But some of the people were still there that remembered the relationship we had. And mm -hmm. they liked it. So they asked us to come back. And we did. It's a great clubhouse. I mean, great it's clubhouse. beautiful. It's like a rock it kind looks like, like a, something out of Scotland. Like Scotland, or yeah, Ireland, it yes. does absolutely. It's very, very convenient too. It's you know, it's a situation. Some people you go Brooklyn Park, they go, ah, I don't want to go out to Brooklyn Park, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. It's in a great. Well, Kirby Puckett used to live on the golf course, if I remember yes, right. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did back in the day. That was a while back. That might have been a long while back. Now, come to think of it, so so you got you got involved again, and you opened in April. The mm -hmm. restaurant part of it, the, the golf course had been. I cannot believe it was 89, you said? 87. 87. So, yeah, it opened like a year after I started at KQ. That's right. That's amazing to me. It is. Now, the question I have, I'm assuming uh, that people don't necessarily have to golf. They could make a reservation. That's probably one of the problems we have that people don't know that right. it's open for the public right. so you don't need to be there's a, a st andrews club membership there but it's also right. a public course right and uh you don't need to be a member in fact it's it's totally the golf course and the clubhouse and the restaurant and the event center are, are all open to the public yeah I mean, people need to know that your food is and look it's not just because i've known 
the D'Amico uh, brothers for several years now. But your food is, not, you know, he, he was nice enough, Larry was nice enough to bring me lasagna. It is, and I told him this a long time ago, because of the Golden Valley. I think I bought every one they've ever made out of the, the store in Golden Valley. <laughs> I think I'm not sure, but hey, can I tell you a, a little plug for myself? You know, I'd love this to hear Wednesday it. we're celebrating Larry D'Amico's birthday at D'Amico and Sons. Do you know about it? What are you, 45? Yeah. Close. <laughs> <laughs> 104. Hundred, 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 hundred four. Oh, you look good, man. We're celebrating four. our birthday. We do it every year. It's like the biggest day of the year, and mm-hmm. all pastas are half price. And if you come in for dinner at night, you get a free piece of birthday cake. No, no. When is this? Wednesday night. It's what, like two days? Yep. That's, That's cool. Honest to God. And some people may get lasagna. <laughs> Mary, I need a table. Half price lasagna. Half <laughs> <laughs> price lasagna on top of it. No, honest to God, it's one of those. Yeah, I, I like to, you know, we we have another friend at the, at the club, Scott Foster, and I like to talk about the jobs that he does too. You and Scott know each other pretty well, don't you? Yes, we do. We're good friends. Really a good guy. Great and, guy. I would say this, Larry, and you wouldn't, you know, because you, you moved here in, in 89 then, or, eight, or I mean 86, to build in 87. Is that how it worked? Uh, we moved here, and I moved here in December of 84. Oh, 84, and we okay. opened in January of 85 at International Market Square. We God, had a restaurant okay. there first called Primavera that was, oh, yeah, was yeah. pretty good. Absolutely it was. I remember that. But what I was the reason I brought that up in the first place is before just about the time you moved here then, there were about three good restaurants in the entire state. And that's very, very true. I mean you had you had of course Murray's, which has always been wonderful. Uh, I think Ocean was Ocean Air there yet? No, the but Hyatt? five ten was there. Five ten was there, right? That yeah. was wonderful. Not many good restaurants and really not one good Italian restaurant. Pronto was around. Yeah, all right. Yeah, there were. I can't remember it so long ago, but there were. You know, there were some good restaurants. Not like today. I mean, not there's like today. so many good restaurants nowadays. It is a great food town now, and it never was before. You know, I, but I travel a lot too. We go eat in other towns. Good move. Every yeah. town is a great food town now. Just yeah, didn't happen like here. It. It's like you go to Cleveland now, and they. It's a great food town. They have a lot of new restaurants. That's wonderful. Take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes more. Larry D'Amico. We're going to be talking about Edinburgh. Mary's with us. Everything is good. We'll be right back. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. 
There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Are you asking this of Richard and Larry who made it? <laughs> hey, be- before we go any farther, maybe I should apologize to Scott Foster, okay? On, on the air, I can formally apologize to Scott Foster that I didn't hire him in 1987. 87. Uh, well, yes, I understand. Look, Scott and I have become really, really good friends. We, we just went and ate at Hazelwood out in Bloomington. Really, really good. And that's, I like to talk about that. You know, I, I don't know if you ever hear about it, but I do talk about your restaurants a lot and how much I love the lasagna and, and supporting Scott. I think when people do a good job, everybody needs to support them. Yeah. You know, these, these great restaurants are not going not gonna to be around if you don't support them. So I try to as much as I possibly can. But the food, is, I, I'm not going to support a restaurant that sucks. I'm not doing that. You know, every one of the places that you've opened is just terrific. I mean, you know that. Scott, the same way. He does a great, great job, and it's it's a very nice thing. The whole thing is. So, you know, it's a pleasure just being around, hearing the schmooze. And then the, the only problem I have is, you know, you get the two of you and then you add Emfield. It's just too much for me. You know, <laughs> it's just over the top. I haven't seen Bob in a while. How's he doing? I'm playing with him Saturday. Are I, you think really? I think we're right in front of you. So I'm not going to be around next month. Oh. I gotta, this is an interesting thing. I have, oh, that's not this Saturday. It's the next Saturday after that. But I have a, I'm doing a speech at Hazelden. But I never went to Hazelden. So I don't know why they asked me to do a speech. But I guess I'm just going to go. I'm going to do it. It's not a speech, actually. I'm doing a Q&A. So that ought to be interesting. Should be interesting. Yeah. I'll just tell them pretty much everybody I know has been through here. So One of my favorite stories about Hazelden of all time was uh, a friend of mine's there. Did I, did I lose volume? Yeah. That was weird. I don't was that know all? why. That was odd. All of a sudden, oh, there you go. Okay, I'm fine now. Not a problem, but but in any case, a friend of mine was up there, and uh, he said he's standing in the lunch line, and he looks out the window, and there's a guy with the pajamas on. You know, he's in the hospital, right? Got, and he's running down the road. And I don't know if you've ever been to Hazelden before, but it's kind of secluded. It's not right in Lindstrom, Minnesota, or Center City, I guess is what it is. But he's standing next to one of the doctors, and he goes, there's a guy running away. He goes, don't worry about it. He goes, what do you mean don't worry about it? He goes, just watch for about a minute. Guy's running, and his pants fell out, and he tripped and fell. Apparently the guy tried to do it all the time. But he never made it past about 200 feet, and then he had to turn around and come back. 
<laughs> oh my God! It's, that should be. In, should I tell that story out at Hazelden a week from Saturday? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, yeah, hey, can I put on some of your pajamas on? I'm going to try to run away. You if should I take lasagna for everybody too. Oh, I should. Absolutely. Everybody at Hazelden gets lasagna, but no, that's part of the whole deal. I just do love the fact that you guys came. Look, you could have come here and opened a couple of restaurants, done well, and decided, well, you know, maybe we'll go to Vegas now, or maybe we'll go to L.A., or we'll go to New York, or whatever. But you stayed here. And I, now, are you in, I know you're in Florida. We're in Naples, Florida. We have yeah. three restaurants down there. That's very, very cool. You could never find a Minnesota in, Na- in uh, Naples. No. That entire town is nothing but Minnesota people. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable, as a matter of fact. But... Why do you think it is, and there are, uh, you know, a couple, a couple other ones now, but before, basically before your, your first restaurant in 87, if you had Italian food in Minneapolis, St. Paul, there, there were a couple of small places that were good, but the sauce was always really sweet. It was just, uh, why, do, why do you think Minnesotans love that pizza is too sweet? Um, I agree with you somewhat, but, yeah. uh, and you know, I'd say Cleveland was the same way, but oh, I, really? I think when I grew up and, you know, I was about 1980, I was working at my dad's restaurant and I fought my whole life to get out of it. Um, I graduated from Ohio state. The, I'll pause the Ohio state. The Ohio state. And when I graduated, my dad was at my, uh, we lived two hours from there. He was at my graduation that night. I was cooking on the line in his restaurant. Really? Yeah. And I hated it for four or five years. I hated it. And all my friends were going out on Saturday and Friday night and having a great time. And I had to sit, sit in that kitchen and cook. And it wasn't air conditioned yet. Can you imagine oh, last God. Friday with no oh, air conditioning? Oh, God. And then about 1980, something happened in this country. And that's when the, revo- the restaurant revolution started. It started in New York, naturally, with La Bernadette and mm. restaurants like that. And it also happened big time in California with what happened in Sonoma County with them yeah. raising products and those chefs out there, you know, a famous one that was in town here, Wolfgang Puck. Yeah. And they had these restaurants out there. So all of a sudden you started uh, reading about uh, the restaurant in uh, in Oakland or Berkeley, uh, Chez Panisse. Uh, in fact, we have a gentleman that was, you know, Jeremiah Tower, the cook there, that we yeah. have the chef at Gianni's was his sous chef. And... Uh, it it uh, this culinary awakening happened then, and st- so all of a sudden, instead of making tomato sauce for the first time in 1980, I made pesto. Really? You know, pesto in yeah, a, sure. with a mortar and pestle, yet yeah, not in a f- food processor. Really? So all this new information was out there. I used to buy cookbooks and make things at home on my day off. I'd make doughs Ooh. and pastas and things, so I would be able to go to work. And act. Do I have still have volume? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> do I have volume? And I could make them at work in front of everybody, and not and have already made them so I wouldn't, wouldn't right. make a mistake. You know, and they'd say, "Oh, he knows what he's doing." <laughs> well, it turned out you did know what you were doing, so that's the good thing. But uh, that's what I remember. That's when it started back then in the early '80s, and it was influenced from the coast. And Chicago, naturally the big cities, and people started making different things. They called it northern and, t- and southern right. Italian food, but they really don't talk about that too much anymore. It's, it's there's more no, it's true. more regions. There's all these regions in Italy, and that's what's important. Each region cooks a little differently and uses and because they use the products that they have in that region. 
Why do you think it is that Italian food particularly took off as like the global food that everybody loves? That's kind of a comfort food in some way. Yeah, it is. That's very true. It is a, for me. It is. I know that. Right. Because I mean, it really doesn't matter what the dish is. But I just love Italian food. Always have. And there were really no good Italian restaurants when I was a kid. You know, and a young man actually. There were, like I said, a couple of small you know places that were pretty good, but uh, the food was not like it is now. It's not even close to what it is now. I mean, all everything's just modernized. I think. You think that's what it is? It's yes, just, I just does it make it a lot of easier to make good food now? You know, I I don't think that there's a lot of really new, new, new ideas. There are, they're out there, yeah. but people see things. Chefs see things that stimulate them, and then they want to do something like that. So mm-hmm. when they see a dish they really like at another restaurant, or they read about it, or they go somewhere and eat, they're affected by that. Even if they don't, won't admit it. Even if they don't know it, they're affected by the smell, mm-hmm. the visual, the taste. And, you know, it comes out in things they do after that, I think. I think that's probably true. We're, we're over on the, uh, on the East Coast in Florida, and there's a place called Mario the Baker. And that pizza, I don't know how he nailed it, but he nailed it. It's, the, it's great stuff. But it's really funny about it because we bring people down, like Dan came down, and... Uh, Alex's husband came down and he, he really loved it and all. Only a couple of people have, have said, "Yeah, you know, it's it's not as good as Broadway, but like what? <laughs> you know, Broadway." I say, "I uh, now that's where I grew up talking about Broadway, the Broadway bar back in the old not when it was you know, had the caboose out front and all that. Yeah. It was the old location. And we go eat there, and it was a, it was a big draw. The Papa Joe's Northern was there, and it was, a, it was a great place for thugs to hang out and not cause trouble, because the cops would order pizza, and they would come in, and they would literally say at the front door, and they're walking in, they go, everybody put them on the table. So guys would take guns and knives out and put them on a table, and then when the cops got their pizza, they go, okay, see you later, and they'd leave. It was a really weird experience. So what do you think makes a good pizza? For me, the dough has to be right. If the dough's not right, I'm not a big fan. Is there of only one kind of dough you like? Is it thick or thin? It's th- a thinner crust. Okay. But, you know, I, I like the thinner crust for the base of the pizza, and then the rim. The crown, yeah. Yeah, the crown, yeah. You, you want that to rise. Yes, yep. exactly. Now, I've never had pizza with, like, cheese or whatever in the in the crown. That's not real. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, I've never had it, so I'm happy. You know, people love yeah. cheese. People go crazy oh, for cheese, and the chain sure, restaurants yeah. did that to mm-hmm. just to get more sales. Sansevier. We'll put oh, my cheese God. Cheese everywhere. He told, honestly, God, Sansevier makes cheese. Uh, well, he makes pizza, he says. It's not really pizza because there's no crust at all. He just takes cheese and then puts... Sauce on the cheese, and that's a pizza for him. What about pasta? Love pasta. Do you I, like f- dried noodles, or do you like homemade fresh noodles? Well, homemade fresh noodles are pretty amazing, like, you know, in a bolognese or something like that. I really love this. I have a hard time not liking pasta. Yeah, I will tell you. Put right. a noodle in front of me, and I'm <laughs> You're whatever it is. When I, was, when I was a kid on Sunday, we go to church and after church, and my grandmother had 13 kids. Oh, really? Yeah. And we'd go to church, and after church, we'd go over to my grandmother's, and it would be like noon or 1 o'clock, 
and she was making pasta for 40 people. Oh, 40 God. people. Oh. And my aunts would be helping her. And she'd have it on the back of the chairs and everywhere. And the kids would sit down at the table, and she would make polenta. And she had a big wooden board out there. And she would spread the polenta on the table to oh, about God. pizza thickness, maybe something like that. And she would put her marinara sauce on there and grate some cheese. And that was our snack before dinner. And then when we'd eat dinner, we'd all have pasta. We had pasta every oh, Sunday. Man. And she would cook in three shifts to seat 40 people. Now, was it the Sunday gravy? It was Sunday gravy, but it wasn't together. She separated it. Oh, so really? she okay. cooked the meat and the sauce for the flavor. And then she would take the meatballs, the sausage, and the neck bones. We would use pork neck bones right. and put them on a platter. But, yeah, it was Sunday gravy. Isn't that wonderful? But, you know, that's not – we didn't call it Sunday gravy. That's a New York, New Jersey term. Yeah, that pretty much 90 is. 90% yeah. of the Italian food you see in this country is New York, New Jersey Italian. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? Yeah. A lot, a lot of – well, certainly all the red sauces, I'm, I'm thinking. Most of those things you see, what you think are Italian food, if you go to Italy, you don't see it there. <laughs> that's very – I tell you what we went to Villa d'Este on Lake Como and went to the restaurant and they for lunch they had not I don't know if they were like personalized or personal size pizzas or whatever but we had uh and I'd never had this before it had a very light sauce in it so it was in a situation where you know the sauce was over a lot of times in pizza the sauce overwhelms everything and I don't really care for that yeah it's got to be part of the dish otherwise it's like eh, it's just done uh, have tomato soup or something have, have you been know. to Rome not been to Rome no Rome just northern is Italy. spectacular but like every restaurant you go to in Rome there's four pastas that they have on the menu and I'm telling you every one and they're the finest restaurants or the lower restaurants they have carbonara cacio pepe Alla Grecia, which is cacio pepe with guanciale, and uh, matriciana. And they all have those four pastas, and they're spectacular, but you don't see them here. We, you see them some places now. You see them starting to. But like when at D'Amico and Sons, we put a matriciana on the menu. Nobody ever ordered it because they didn't know what it was. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. Well, doesn't somebody sell the, sell the jarred matriciana now here? Probably. I think. You yeah. can buy Matrachana and I don't know which stores or whatever, but um, the one thing I really loved in Como was they, they served a pizza with light sauce and then dried beef on it. Oh, my Brajola, God. yeah. Brajola. Brajul. <laughs> that meant something else in my neighborhood, by the way. That's, <laughs> it's like pasta fazul. <laughs> it's pasta fajoli. Fajoli, yeah. Which are beans. Pasta and beans, but pasta fazul is the New Jersey uh, right. equivalent of that. Slang. Well, even, it's slang. I think even Tony Bennett and Dean Martin pronounced it pasta fazul in their songs. And, uh, you know, capicola, you know, in New Jersey, gabagool. it's gabagool. Uh, gabagool. <laughs> See, I loved that stuff growing up around, you know, Italians on the north side. It was look a, at us. We're laughing. These guys are looking <laughs> yeah, at us. No they're like, like, look at us like we're crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I get it. <laughs> I'm editing though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, are you? You're editing. Uh huh. Oh, then I could tell the brochure. Hey, pass the gabagool. Although I think Tony Soprano did popularize that term on The Sopranos. Yes, yeah. he did. Because he always wanted a gabagool. Yeah. God. That's the that first show. time I heard that. Saying. Probably, yeah, probably true. I could say something like that at the table and with my friends, and the only pe person that knows what I'm talking about is Scott Foster. He's the oh, only yeah. one that knows the gabagool. <laughs> really? It's really good. Yeah.
That's all I have to say. It's just, uh, I, are there people that don't like Italian food? There must be. You I don't know, know where they Asian be. food is really popular right now. Korean food, especially, yeah. is really yeah. popular right now. Yes, I would yeah. say. Anna Ahmed out at Lat 14 does a nice job. Oh, she, beautiful restaurant. I went really there. She's what a nice lady. She's as nice as they get. And, yeah. and, and the that's the great. thrill. I mean, that, that is a thrill. That used to be uh, I, uh, um, what is it, Baker Square? Perkins. Or? It Perkins. Perkins. It was a Perkins. That's right. It's uh, Golden Valley. You know, I lived there 28 years. It's their own little hipster restaurant. Beautiful. Oh, it is a hipster restaurant, yeah. but it's really, really good. There's no doubt about that. And I told Ann first time I went to get that the, the, the uh, glassed-in area, that little, you go in the front door, take a left, and it's right there. I said, you know, what's great? About 45 years ago, I got in a fist fight out there. <laughs> she goes, what? I said, yeah, a guy was, well, you know what? We'll take a break, be right back. I want to tell you what this guy did to the waitress, which caused that, that problem. Okay. It's really out of line. We'll be right back. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had a great success following the Nutramost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose, and what makes Nutramost different from all those other programs out there? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days, but more importantly, I know how to keep it off. In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutramost Wellness Program, and collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th, at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutramost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. Oh, look at you. Is that Dean? Yeah, but I don't know if it's this chord or what. Oh, is he singing now? Because I can't hear him singing. Well, yeah, but I think yeah, what are you there's something do? off. Well, you can hear the music. <laughs> you can hear the music. You can't hear him sing. My mother. You're going to tell us about Perkins. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you about Perkins first. Well, yeah, matter of fact, my mother ties into that because my mother was a diner waitress for 53 years in North Minneapolis at Kokomo's and Kilroy's and all these places. And, you know, going all the way back to when I was a, like five years old or whatever, or before that, actually. But she, yeah, she was a diner waitress for a long time. So I've always been very, very touchy about servers. You know, I don't like it when people treat servers poorly. 
Uh, so I go into Perkins, and I might have had a, a beer <laughs> or a thousand. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we're beer. in there, <clears throat> and there's a, a guy. There's a guy across the aisle from me and down about two tables, and I hear him say to the server, a woman, a young girl actually, he says, I want my fries crispy. And it wasn't like, I'd like crispy fries. He just kind of very forcefully said, I want my fries crispy. So she brings the food out. He goes, I said crispy. So she takes the fries and brings them back in the kitchen, brings them out again. He says, are you deaf? I want my fries crispy. Picked up a handful and threw in her face. He didn't make it about two more minutes after he did that. I can't, see, that enrages me to see that kind of thing. I don't know why. Do people, they, people don't act like that anymore, do they? There's some. Oh, 100%. There's a few out there. Oh, God. Why would you? You really, you, you oh, witness yeah, it too? Like, yeah. Like, even some people like at work, where I work at the union, like, people will come in, depending on what time of day it is and what crowd's in, and completely disrespect. Like, cuss out servers. And we had to kick somebody out yesterday for cussing out the staff. Mm, I get a tip off for you. Not necessarily where you guys work. and certainly not any D'Amico restaurant, but... You really want to bitch a lot about your salad and be a jerk because your entree's coming out with pee in it. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Not at your restaurants. That's not what I'm saying. Or any of the stuff that I'm involved in. But, yeah, I, you don't want to do that. No. I, I just, I, I've never been able to say, it, that literally a switch goes off. I can't deal with that at all. No, and it's, just, you know, there's the people that wait on people, they, they have two people they deal with they deal with the owners and the management and then deal with the customers right and on our side too owners and management we have to treat them like gold too because yeah i can see we that. want them in a good place while they're waiting on the people yeah but they want them to be happy yeah and no question one of the greatest jokes i ever heard about serving is the the, the woman with the the thumb in the soup do you ever hear that no so basically <laughs> this guy comes in a restaurant there's an older woman and he orders uh some soup uh, he orders his entire meal. The soup comes out, and she's got her thumb in the soup bowl, right? She's got her thumb in the soup. He's like, oh, whatever, you know, it might have been a mistake. And she brings out the appetizer, same thing. She's got her thumb in the food, right? She finally brings out the entree, same story, the, the thumb's right in the food. He goes, why do you have your thumb in all my food? She goes, well, I've got an infection in my thumb, and I, I, the doctor told me to keep it moist. <laughs> and, the woman, and the guy says to her, Really? You need to keep moist when you shove it up your ass. He goes, I do when I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> it's one of my favorite restaurant jokes of all time. Alex is disgusted. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, it's a restaurant deal. Tell me about the event again Wednesday night, because I want to hear all about that. Well, it's just uh, all the D'Amico and Sons Wednesday night. Um, it, we celebrate Larry's birthday, and all the pastors are half price. And there's a free piece of uh, cake, chocolate uh, truffle cake for everybody that comes oh, in. God. It's great stuff, too. It's, it's a big really night good. for us. It is. Like I said, you know. I get, uh, I get birthday cards from people when we celebrate the birthday in my office. I get birthday cards from people that eat there that night that I've never met. I don't know who they are. But they say, you know, we just want to let you know we've been coming to your birthday for 10 years. <laughs> and we wanted to send you a card. Aww. Well, the name now, I mean, if you're talking 1987, the name now is 32 years, you know, been, been in people's heads for 32 years. So it's kind of like the... I mean, the D'Amico brand is kind of like the Italian place across the entire metro. Well, we we have like Cafe Lercat. A lot of people right. don't know that that is our restaurant. Yeah, it's not great. Italian. It's more yeah. American with some French or Asian influences. Isn't it been Prince's around. Prince's favorite place. 
Yes, he ate that yeah. a lot. Yeah, he ate there all the time. Every time I was ever in there, he was there, as a matter of fact. What's his name from the Rolling Stones was there when he Mick was in Jagger? Mick Jagger. What's his in? name what's from his the Rolling Stones? <laughs> I deserve to be forgiven for my previous right. comments. <laughs> Larry, you just tripped trip something off there. Alex is sitting there. We went and saw yesterday the movie, which is wonderful. And I saw it. Kevin says, who? I said, the Beatles, the Beatles music. Oh. Are they the ones that sang that little yellow submarine song? <laughs> Alex turned her back on him and faced the door. Very big Beatles fan. <laughs> the rest of the, the rest Highly of the offensive show. to me. Highly offensive. What's his face? Yeah. But, what's his face? Yeah, well, I didn't mean it that way. No, but, you no. know, sometimes my memory's lags a yeah, lot. Yeah, I understand. But, you know, and then we have a Campio out in Prairie. We that's also have one restaurant. in Florida. And we have a steakhouse, Continental, Florida, that's great. Do you really? That's fantastic. It's called the over. Continental. We have to come to Florida to do it. But we can play golf. We can play three holes. <laughs> that's my usual deal. Right <laughs> yeah. there. And then we can go to the range. <laughs> we go to the range and... Have a cigar, and, and then we have a, a big catering company now. You know, we we yeah, right. we do that a lot up here. We have you know International Market Square, McNamara, Calhoun mm-hmm. Beach Club, the Edinburgh. But we have like six kitchens that have ballrooms. Plus, uh, the new one we opened out in Chaska, Bavaria Downs. It used to be Tom Redmond's estate oh, out yeah, there. You sure. knew him, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yep. our catering catering business has been really good for us. We love it. Isn't that wonderful? And not just Italian. <laughs> not just Italian. We do a lot oh, of weddings. Mary being all pre over there. <laughs> so if, like you know, it. you're all pretty young. If anybody here is getting married, come see me after we get off the air. Oh, oh Andy, Andy's getting married in October. The lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great call, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to reach out. Any little Italian food at the MO? Their wedding's already planned, Dad. Yeah, Sorry. Everything's already bought. Really? Not yeah. the food. Yeah. yeah. It is. We where did they're that like having, six months Where advance. they're having their wedding catered only has certain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isn't it a park yeah. or something? Uh, yeah, on. Um, Elm Creek, Elm Creek, Elm Creek, Creek yeah. Well, that'll be nice. And every one of those places what has extremely strict rules. if I bring lasagna anyway? Rules. I'll just bring my own lasagna from right. Domingo. <laughs> Careful, you don't give out too much information. People might show up you don't want to show up. Well, that's true. Yeah. That is true. That's a good point. That has happened. Oh, my God, back in the day when the first the show first took off, they were, you know, let's say in the early 90s. So the show had been on the air already for five, six, seven years or whatever. Alex would be, well, she's about five years old, and he's like seven years old. We'd go to dinner, and somebody would grab a chair and just sit down at the table. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That used oh, to happen? Yeah, I was always confused. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, it was like, who is that? couldn't go anywhere now? without somebody yeah. talking no to you for. You're probably yeah. wondering why I'm here, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't. Well, no, I've heard Domico before. <laughs> yeah, he knows what Domico is. Familiar with that name. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's so the catering business is at 15 restaurants. Everything's going really, really well. Seven D'Amico and Sons. Seven D'Amico so, and Sons. Yeah, that's what we do. You know. Oh, I'm telling you, the one in Golden Valley. I'm in there constantly. They're, I think they get sick of me over there. You know, and we're not young anymore. We're up in our careers, but we love it. We, you know, I'm well, not thinking about birth. retiring. I want to. Get I'm the same way. I'm the same exact way. I, you know, they asked me how much longer you're going to be on the on the show, and I said, you know, what would I do if I didn't? That's exactly right. I have to and golf, home. and you know where that leads to. <laughs> For me, not good. That's the problem with the whole situation. So, does the whole family come to town when it's your birthday? Yes. Richard comes to town for your birthday. Yes. Well, that's nice to hear. Well, I went to his birthday in last year in naples and played the pope 
You I did? had to rent the outfit. It cost $75. <laughs> you were the Pope? <laughs> I got a video. I'll show oh, you. Oh, that's why you were doing this earlier. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. My dad, years ago, when there was a big event, he would dress like the Pope. Honest to God. <laughs> oh, God. Now, That's our friends phenomenal. that were strict Catholics didn't appreciate it too much. Oh, I would have. But, I love being Catholic. I but so it. now my, my father's gone. But like my son, Ben, myself, when there is a big event in, in our family for a birthday or something, once in a while we'll, we'll pull out the Pope outfit. Yeah, a, you still have the Pope outfit. That's a wonderful thing. Honest to God. You know, I, let me ask you a question about the, the whole Catholic deal. Because I grew up Catholic. My mother was a big-time Catholic. She loved being Catholic. Um, and it's not intentional, but I, I become friends with people and we have a really good time. turns out like 90% of them are Catholic, but I don't know they're Catholic. Do you think there's some, in a way, kind of like being Jewish, there's a Catholic thing? You think? No. You don't think so? <laughs> you lying sack. I, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't see don't, that? No. You know, in Cleveland, there were a lot more Catholics, I think, than there are here. They're probably true. Although Germans, a lot of Germans are Catholic. Yeah, but there's also a lot of Lutherans and Presbyterians. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, you know, I I never thought about it, really. Maybe it's because of where I grew up. We had literally from the river to Lindale was all Catholic, so it's Irish and Italian, and, you know, you go down the list, some French people. And then Lindale to Penn Avenue was black, and then Penn Avenue over to Theater Worth was yeah, Jewish. Yeah, and Catholics, a lot of Catholics eat at Perkins, too. <laughs> that might be why. Is, are you saying a lot of Catholics drink heavily? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're throwing out there? Yes, good. go we'll get hammered and go to Perkins afterwards. It's for those Friday fish fries. <laughs> oh, God, it's phenomenal. Oh, we have a fish fry we started last week at uh, Edinburgh at the, the Brooklyn. The restaurant is called the Brooklyn. Oh, it's called and the Brooklyn. Okay. We started a fish fry last friday and we, it was great i loved it people so, loved no, it. what kind of fish are we talking here cod oh that ought to be good alex right out of the mississippi river <laughs> you go right there's a couple of ponds also on the golf course just go fish it out of there alex you should, we should go over there for a fish fry one time when what night's it on friday the friday night the friday night fish fry that's like a thing yeah, like Friday taco, night like or Tuesday. Saturday night taco we have a Tuesday and Fish Fry Friday. Well, Saturday night we have a barbecue cookout and Sunday night is Italian night. Oh god, see I got to come over on Sunday nights. That's not that far from my house actually. No. It's right down the road. And I, I tell you what, it, it, if you've never been there, Edinburgh is a gorgeous golf course, beautiful beautiful clubhouse. And the food will be great. We know that because you made it. Right? <laughs> I don't make it personally. Uh, yeah. I have many people now working that know yeah, more than me. <laughs> really? That's pretty good. Well, that's true. I, I, there's some great young people out there, men and women that cook now that, that do a phenomenal job. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's as I said, we kind of started out talking about this, but the, but the restaurant business in Minnesota or just the restaurant food in Minnesota is so much better than it used to be. And it's such a thrill. Because, you know, until I came back to KQRS, I'd, Catherine and I had been living in New York. So I'm, you know, getting really used to really, really good Italian food. And then when I came back home, it was like very soon after that, the Italian food got really, really good. Mm. You know, the Perazzo family, they you know, I went to school with them, and they had a nice restaurant there for a while. And uh, I think they owned the Napoli toward the end, I think. They were one, I think they were the ones that opened it, but I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a big thing. I think my kids get sick of how much Italian food I eat. I actually get really tired of it. 
they it's make delicious. fries. I used to, but I don't know. You used to eat a lot of Italian food? Well, yeah, we used to have it, or like, just... probably twice a week, well, every that's... week, for, like, years. <laughs> for years and, and years. Only twice a week, and then have macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex is the macaroni and cheese queen. You used to, she was. <laughs> you love macaroni and cheese. Apparently all I eat is cod, cod. and mac and cheese. Well, that's it. You're a, <laughs> you're a vegetarian. That's my big diet. Well, you're, what are cod you, a pescatarian? Is that a what you call it? Pescatarian. So she doesn't eat meat. Yes. So I get, whenever she orders meat, I just get that. Yep, I... Pick it off and throw it at you. Eat this. Disgusting what I like about animal. it, to tell you the truth, that, that is, and it is a thing for me. Like when we get together and go to dinner with, with Andy and Melissa and Alex and her whole family and Catherine, I, going to dinner is a big, big thing for me. It's a family thing. Uh, and I think a lot of, do you think a lot of families now don't eat, even do that anymore? Go to dinner or have dinner at home. But go to dinner. We like we love going to dinner. It's I wonderful. think there are people who eat, eat out more now than ever. I, I think, think that's so. true. Yeah, um, that makes sense. But I think people cook at home le- uh, less f- as a as a family, mm-hmm. yeah, and they get a lot of carry out. There's a lot of carry out. A lot that's of carry true. out. People's yeah. lives are busy. It's hard to to plan a meal, cook it, and sit have everybody sit down. I suppose, yeah. But it's expensive. It's expensive to go out and eat. A it lot. Mm-hmm. It can yeah. be. Yeah. That's true. Unless you go to D'Amico and Sons this Wednesday for that half price pasta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and birthday cake. Well played. Uh, I can guarantee you one thing. There's one guy at this table who's going to be having Italian food Wednesday night. Wait a minute. Don't let me interrupt. And don't forget the free piece of birthday cake. <laughs> the free piece of chocolate, <laughs> chocolate cake. If I told Fawn about it, she'd be like, let's go there. I hope oh, you order God. an extra cake now. <laughs> we did. Last year, we sent three pieces to each restaurant. This year we're spending 300 pieces. Excuse wow. me. This year we're sending 500 pieces to each restaurant. Because really? last year we ran out at 6:30. Did you? I did 6:30. <laughs> yes, 6:30. Oh. Yes. Jesus. My word. People, You're a popular guy. People mad. They wanted that birthday cake, didn't they? I think we gave them gelato instead. Oh, okay. So they were okay. Something. Yeah. <laughs> that and a $25 gift card. That gelato's good. <laughs> Mary, Larry, great having you in. So Wednesday night, uh, is there a kickoff time in particular? Four o'clock. Four o'clock, and it's at all your the restaurant. the four big ones, the not four big not ones. the three uh, two small ones. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. And not what are the two? Small oh, they do ones? the one in Florida too. There's one in Florida. Well, at McNamara at the McNamara Center and at Gabaday downtown. Those are only lunch only. No. Oh, that's right. No yeah, cake. That makes sense. <laughs> no cake. cake. You're not no, getting any. No, no, che- no cheeseburger. Do not camp outside. <laughs> yeah. Waiting for cake. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in. Great Thanks. to celebrate your birthday with you. Yeah. Yeah. Can I come back next week? Yes, absolutely. As long as you bring more lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best lasagna I've ever had. I'm looking at the camera now. The best lasagna I've ever had in my D'Amico. entire life. D'Amico. Thank you, Larry. And Thank Mary. you. I enjoyed, you. I enjoyed it. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. 